Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hashtag no music, no intro. Um, this pod is specifically for Ryan and I to talk about the upcoming game between the Saints and the Falcons. Big game. But maybe even bigger. I mean, not, not bigger if you're a fan of this podcast, but at least bigger in the grand scheme of things in terms of entertainment. We had to get our girl back on, Anusha Sakui of the LA Times, that like this monstrous news of Warner Brothers, basically their entire theatrical slate for 2021, them just saying, fuck it, we're just going to put everything on HBO Max. Um, like the the shockwaves and aftershocks of it, you know, kind of keeping on with the whole California theme, see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> it's still rippling throughout California. So, um, but before we, get into any, it, before we get into that, first of all, thank you for joining us again. You're, we're going to make you just become like a correspondent on the show at some point. Like, <laughs> um, but no, thank you for, for yeah, and I know you're working still, so thank you for carving out some time to, to talk to no us. Um, so before we go into that, what are your thoughts on the Saints-Falcon game on Sunday? Well, me? I'm, I can't wait. Is it the upcoming game, or is it a game that went? Like, that, that's this, this is the preview pod, so it's an upcoming game on um, Sunday. But it's I mean, I'm going to carve out time for it at least. I'm sure it's going to be epic. Um, potentially, <laughs> potentially a game changer. Not as big news as the Matrix Four coming to your living room. Not, not all, that. Don't get start, Don't get Ryan started on that. He could. Don't get me started. Now. He's a huge <laughs> Matrix head. <laughs> oh. um, can we? Let's take. Let's take. Just have a little segue. Can we talk about your your yams? Oh wow, yeah. Well, you know, um, my first Thanksgiving in America, you know, I have some family here, and someone brought um, you know yams with uh, the marshmallow topping, and I was like very judgmental. I I didn't think that would work. <laughs> it was a revelation, and I thought, oh, this year, you know, I was cooking Thanksgiving for myself. And uh, I thought, oh, let's throw some marshmallows <laughs> on those uh, mash, mash yams. And it did not work. Let's just say that. <laughs> it did not work. I just, it actually cooked in one crispy slice, which I just eventually removed. Yeah, that was not good. So, you know, look, don't judge me. I'm open about my failings. Oh, no, no, this is, this, this is a no judgment zone, but we will roast you. Yeah. Um, from time to time, I, I, I didn't know that they were there. You did enlighten me into other things that I should have done instead of just straight out putting marshmallows on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing yeah. it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want to reach out to Ryan or I yeah. beforehand, for because because one of my specialties is my sweet potato oh. casserole, which is the same thing pretty much. Like I would have given you a whole breakdown, but like you had already posted it to Twitter and you were raving oh, about this it. This is this and is my big American moment. <laughs> it was like you 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 use that as your evidence to submit to get your citizenship. <laughs> no, I, I like, don't even quiz. This is just evidence <laughs> that I have been indoctrinated. I am now American. This should be enough, surely. Well. I love the fact that you were just very, like you you tweeted a couple of days ago, like, you're like I'm not good at cooking. Like, you know what, I'm done, I'm not good at <laughs> I've been trying a lot this pandemic. I've been, you know, cooking a lot. Also, you know, I think when you work in an office and then you move, you're working from home, 
sort of start to realize how well I mean I knew already how much I'd be spending I was spending on you know getting a coffee or getting lunch and yeah. I really you know um we we were furloughed for part of the summer um at the LA Times so you know looking to ways to save money so I've been trying to cook a lot more at home and yeah I really just come to the conclusion especially with that marshmallow moment that <laughs> and maybe I'm just not good at it you know um I have, I mean, I, I never use marshmallows when I, I don't call them yams, I call them sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. But when I do sweet potatoes, I just, uh, I basically cook the sugar down with butter. Oh, it's it's just, it's so delicious. No marshmallows needed. Yeah. None needed. You cook the sugar down with, you know, with butter. I add a little brown sugar. Brown sugar, cinnamon. brown sugar and cinnamon. Yes, yes. A little nut, nutmeg, oh. you know, little, little oh, kick. Man. Oh. <laughs> we this, this is a helping zone, Anusha. So if you need I'll anything, we got you. Um. <laughs> so let's. So anyone who's listening to this preview pod and they're like being like, "Oh, they're these guys aren't talking about football. We're not talking about the Saints Falcons game." Um. You know what? It's, it's, Screw you. Like, we're not going to even put a time code of when you can skip forward to get. No. You, you got to either figure that out on your own or you're just going to listen to us talk with Anusha because there was groundbreaking news today of Warner Brothers saying their whole entire slate is going to be released, through, you know, on HBO Max. Um, and it's so crazy because a couple of weeks ago, like, this whole notion, like, we talked about this on this podcast. And so, um, what were your first? thoughts and I know you don't like to opine but like what were just your first thoughts being that you work in the industry um when this news came well, in today? um you know I I gotta shout out my colleague Ryan Fonder you know check him out on Twitter he's been doing a lot of our writing on this um but it is something that you know has been in the works potentially for years studios have been like Warner Brothers but studios have been trying to bring big movies into the home sometimes for a fee, um, but to, you know, do it in a short period of time from their release, not to have to wait, you know, several months before they can bring it so that you can watch it at home. And the pandemic has really forced that to a head. A couple of weeks back when we spoke, um, you know, it had already been sort of leaked that Wonder Woman 1984, which is the Wonder Woman sequel that they're doing, was going to be day, what we call day and date, um, uh, at Christmas, around Christmas time, I forget the exact date, but it's uh, I think tickets will be go- it'll be on in theaters, but you'll be able to watch it at home. Um, and that was a big deal because these movies cost a lot of money, and so it's quite unusual. Well, I mean, it's virtually unheard of for them to be so-called day and date releases uh, that is released at home for streaming and, and in theaters on the same day for a, a major tentpole movie, like um, a DC movie. And so, and then what happened today was that Warner Brothers relieved that their whole 2021 slate is gonna be, um, is gonna be on HBO Max. So, and, and day and day. So that's gonna be films like Godzilla versus Kong, the fourth Matrix movie, uh, the remake of Dune. Um, you know, uh, the, the if you're a DC fan, the next, um, uh, a Suicide Squad movie, and also, like we also mentioned, um, the other time we spoke, uh, the new um, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. So, there's a lot um, coming, in, and it, it, it seems to be all geared towards getting people to subscribe to HBO Max. You completely buried the lead by not even mentioning the rebooted Mortal Kombat movie. I'm oh yeah, as well. Highly, highly well, disappointed. Um. <laughs> so, with, with with that said, I some something that kind of jumped out to me when when this news came down, and you kind of and I and this is why you're a great follow is in terms of like following the the breadcrumbs is you are already kind of connecting the dots of what does this mean long term in mm-hmm. terms of theatrical releases. Um, because we talked about it on the last last show that you were on, is that 
movie companies and studios make so much money when, a, when there's a theatrical release and then there's a double dipping of the theatrical release and the home, the home media release and what have you. Um, and so now I, I, you know, I've seen some people who I follow on different entertainment, you know, Twitter accounts saying like, like, this is it, like the game's completely changed. Like there's no, there's really no way of putting the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. But you, I think you brought a very poignant point in how you said like, you know, movie budgets aren't going to go down. So like, like where do you see like, and I know it's kind of hard to say, but like, what does this mean for the future of theatrical releases and things like that? Yeah, you you, you sort of nailed it in terms of the debate is is whether this is, you know, they're sort of saying, their messaging is that this is like, it's sort of, you know, this is for 2021. There's no commitment yet to the future. But as you said, once consumer habits have changed and we're in this place because consumer habits have changed, mainly because of Netflix, right? The way Netflix has has really changed and, and also, you know, uh, technology, the way technology has made streaming and show, HBO shows like Game of Thrones possible in the home. Um, yeah, so it, it was coming. Um, and the question is, yeah, c- can you go back? The, quest- the, the, the thing that, you know, I hear is that, well, these movies, and this isn't so important because these are their biggest movies, their most expensive movies. It's not yet proven that you can... Um, release these at home and have it break and have it be financially viable. Now, so for example, if you looked at Disney's Mulan release where they charged $30 for you to watch it at home, they were, they said that they were, you know, their executives had been public and said they were happy with it and they were going to look at that, you know, again, potentially doing it again. What, What we're looking at here is not so much charging a fee, but really kind of going towards what a lot of companies are doing, right? Which is more of a subscription model. Like with Netflix, they they spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to uh, have Martin Scorsese's The Irishman and and it just, it, and other films, but some films they spend a lot of money on, it's not clear how many people have watched them. It's not, it, what people sort of, uh, what analysts understand from that strategy is it's not so important that you have a box office number or whatever, or how many, you know, what was the box office on opening day? What was the watching, what were the watching figures? How many people can they keep subscribed um, or, or enticed to subscribe? A lot of people are gonna sign up to HBO Max now because of these films that are coming. So yes. it's kind of, the question is like, is it gonna be financially viable for them to put these massively expensive movies, um, you know, day and date just on streaming? Because it does take away the allure of film in the theater, right? It means that you're less likely to go. It's just the way it is. And, you know, some people will still go um, to theaters and some people won't. Um, Question is even if they'll make the same kind of splash, you know, have the same, a lot of people, when a lot of um, filmmakers, when they would sell their movies, you know, when when Netflix was first starting to buy movies and you'd see movies go there, um, and they wouldn't get the big sort of splash of a theatrical release. And not just Netflix, but Amazon and other streaming platforms. Do they get the same kind of attention, you know? And yeah. so question is going to be, is, is that going to be relevant for what we know as Warner Brothers, which is really Warner Media, which is now a division of, of AT&T, a much bigger company that, you know, you pay a subscription for your cell phone effectively, you know, um, you pay a monthly bill. And so maybe the whole box office revenue revenue um, element isn't important. Maybe it's just a shift to subscription. Mm. But if it isn't that, then yeah, you, you know, there's there's really no way you can make these movies, movies profitable if you're just looking at, you know, putting them online because that, I mean, they're expensive. And, and I, don't, I don't think that you're gonna spend less on these kind of movies. There's always gonna be filmmakers out there who wanna spend a lot of money on making a movie and, and studios that will let them do that. Do you know um, if these releases on HBO Max, like will you have to pay individually for these films or will this be covered in the, you know, the normal subscription that you- This, this looks like it's just part of the subscription. So wow. they're able to, well, they're viewers, yeah. Well, so I guess my, go ahead, I'm sorry, Ryan. No, I'm just saying that's just that's just fascinating because, like you said, economically, I don't just see 
I don't see how that works out long term. I don't I don't see how that becomes a thing going forward, at least the way it is for 2021. You know, I mean it works for Netflix. Um, but yeah, they don't they're not releasing, they're not investing. I don't I mean they obviously they, they probably spend more on content than any other studio. Right. But yeah. they they have a handful of films that they in the US that they finance. So, but a major studio like Warner Brothers, they'll have like 20 to 30 films that they're, you know, financing. Not all of them will be the $200 million film. But um, the question is, is if like, you know, if you, if, if really it's like you're subscribing to an AT&T product, which is AT, uh, HBO Max. And if that, from yeah. if they have more, you know, it kind of like it, this is one of the issues of like when you have a studio that's part of a very big company, you don't get as much insight into the ups and downs because really it kind of get it absorbs into the, the revenues and the, and the flow of, of that big company. But, um, uh, you know, I think it kind of makes sense if you think about it along those lines of like you, you pay a monthly bill to AT&T for your cell phone and for your uh, internet. And it kind of makes sense that you would do that for, you know, programming um, and so if, if they're just thinking about it in the numbers of subscribers, the numbers of people that they can maybe like tie into their cell phone, a bit like, you know, maybe Apple is doing, you know, they, they sort of shifted to this kind of services concept, um, yeah. you know, having subscriptions for that, even just having the iPhone, you know, where you can be part of the iPhone program. Um, they're not really there on the content side yet. I mean, they have obviously a presence, they have big shows, but it's not the sort of uh, number of, of they don't have the sort of breadth of, of content um, that others do, but um, but yeah, I mean that's it's going to be the big question. And they the theatre chains AMC and Cinemark, um, mainly AMC though, were very was very vocal today. Um, I was talking in, greasy, right? In opposition to to their saying, you know, they weren't told about it, and you know, it, it does threaten it threatens their business model. I mean, they make money from Absolutely. people buying popcorn and going to see these movies, and you know. One, one thing that stands out to me, not even for like the big, you know, the big expensive movies, but say like the small movies, like, I don't know, I mean, like Get Out, which came out a few years ago, that don't have big budgets, but, you know, blow up in the box office and ranking, you know, ranking hundreds of millions of dollars, which sends signals to the, you know, investors and the studios and all that stuff like, hey, you know, this Jordan Peele guy, maybe this is somebody we need to, you know, we need to get behind. Yeah. You know, I mean, will, will those signals be there with a subscription, you know, model? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think, you know, this question has been on the table for a long time. What happens to theatrical releases, right? And yeah. I've heard people, you know, analysts and people in the industry talk about how, you know, when TV came along, people thought it would be the end of, of, of theaters when, um, Kindle came along, people thought it would be the end of hardback books, you know, things like that, or radio, the threat to, to, to radio, TV. So yeah. I still think, I think, you know, it's most likely that there'll still be theaters, right? Like people still want to go out, people still shop at restaurants, uh, people still eat in restaurants, even though they can cook at home, you know, like mm. those are the kinds of arguments that proponents of theatrical um, have argued for a long time. So, um, you know, and films like Get Out, horror films, they have a very, like, they do well in theatres and they can, they have, like, a short time span. Like, they're the kinds of films that people will go out to rush, rush out to see younger people mm. and see them in big groups. And then they kind of, um, they spend a few weeks there and then they're, they're, they're you know, they're kind of done. Um, and maybe then we'll see them come into the home sooner. But it's sort of... Um, it does raise, you know, does, does it make it harder for, you know, sorry, my dog has started with a squeaky toy. I confiscated one squeaky toy. <laughs> I don't hear it, it's fine. Um, uh, so, so yeah, the question is like, say if it's not a horror film, but it's another um, director or filmmaker trying to come up, it, it does make it harder because I mean, potentially, maybe it makes it easier, I don't know. I mean like, yeah. maybe the theaters yeah. will be looking for more stuff to fill, um, to fill, you know, their auditoriums. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a big, it's a big shift because it's a, it's probably the biggest commitment to streaming 
that any studio has made so far. Um, is this with with this news dropping? Could you? And I just I'm just trying to think of I just know how businesses think and operate, and at the bottom you know, in the day their their bottom line is to, to make money. Is this could this be like used as a ploy? I mean, I know HBO Max is on the more pricey, pricier right exactly uh, yeah. end of things right now in terms of streaming companies. But could this even be of like something where they're like, um, you know what? Whatever we're charging for our our streaming service, it's going to go up because you're going to get all these three, you know theatrical releases like at your disposal next year and all these big mm-hmm. like it just seems like and I don't know if they're going to do that, but just being a smart consumer, it wouldn't surprise me if they were to go that route at all. I mean, they are, as as you said, like on the higher end. And, you know, now I think sort of like the standard Netflix package is $13.99 after they did their price rise. So that kind of brings them a bit closer. Um, But they have like a tiered version, um, you know, different plans. Maybe that's something that the HBO could do or have more variety if they did want to increase, you know, increase their price. Um, but they're they're already at the at the more expensive end, so um, I don't know. You have to see about that. Yeah, you can get deals though. I mean, by the way, you should look out for them. Sometimes I think I signed up; it was eleven ninety nine for a little bit, but normally it's fourteen ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a proponent a long time for video on demand, especially for, I guess, uh, you know, mo- movies that. You don't really need to see in a big theater. Uh, like, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of those movies that just come out is like, I could watch that at my house. But like the big movies, you know, Matrix 4 and, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong, I want to see that in the theater. I want to. Now, obviously, you know, next year, dealing with, you know, dealing with this pandemic, I understand the move. But I'm just wondering, you know, I, I guess I guess it's going to become like something where it's like theaters are kind of like an elite package, like you know, just you know, just something that it becomes where it's more of a uh, just a specialty mm-hmm. to go see a movies, whether it's you know, rather than you know, just you know, classically, it's just been like your middle American pastime on a weekend to go see a movie with your kids, right? That next thing. That's been the trend that's been happening in that and yeah. the box office is becoming has become over the past couple of years um, more concentrated around a smaller number of bigger films. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I forget the numbers. There's a, there's a good analyst out there um, uh, called Doug Kreutz from Cowan and, and Co. He has something he's tracked. And yeah, I mean, I forget the numbers, but they, um, it, it's, it's been an increasing trend that a smaller number of big movies um, account for a bigger part of the box office. And so that's made those kind of middle of the road, mid budget, you know, um, sometimes a star led movie, like, you know, the Jennifer Aniston or Adam Sandler movies, um, mm-hmm. harder to draw a crowd at the box office. So harder to make break even. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of them on streaming now, these kind of star-led uh, vehicles um what how, i mean i know we don't know now but like how how does this all play out like if there was a fake gun to your head because i think the term gun like an actual gun to someone's head is a little ridiculous so let's say there's like a fake gun to your head i like how does this all play out 2022 yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to see. Um, I think, like, there's already been some movement already, right? We've seen Universal cut deals with theater chains mm-hmm. to give them some of the revenue to make up, basically, for, mm-hmm. for this. Um, and that seems like a longer-term thing, and that's kind of, maybe that's more what you see. I, I don't know. I mean, because you could get powerful directors like um, Chris Nolan, who is obviously a big um, supporter of, having his movies in theaters say well <laughs> chris nolan would never let one of his movies go to right. i mean it's, quite, it's interesting to know like how much power a studio could have over him but like I, my guess is that he can just he could now that he knows that this trend is out there i'm just gonna guess that he's gonna say or you know, his lawyers would say well you know whenever he papers any kind of deal that 
he gets ultimate say over how it's distributed if he doesn't already. Um, oh. And, he, you know, he can insist. Uh, so, you know, and, you know, and, and he's not the only one. There are, there are many other, you know, Tarantino, although I don't, I don't know how many more films he's, he's going to make, um, but he, um, you know, there, there are many, many uh, powerful directors that could still say, you know, we want, um, we want our movies in, in theaters first. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of where the, the future is going. So um, to some degree, the, 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 you know, the goal, the goal is, is what's, the, what's, the, what's the reference of thinking? Like it's, things have already shifted. The question is, it's like, this seems potentially just, I mean, in, in Jason Killar, that who's, who, who runs HBO Max, he, he did a medium post today and he talked about basically like the options that were available during the pandemic. And he kind of gives you the impression that he's, you know, that if he, he says like, look, if the option was there to do this, to put these in theaters and have theatrical releases, now we would do that. But he talks about just the options that are available to him now. And this seemed like the best option now. So, um, that it doesn't seem to suggest that he's opposed to, you know, that it doesn't seem from that comment that this is like a permanent shift for them. So, yeah, that doesn't answer your question, but if it, <laughs> but, it, but if it tips to probability, like kind, of, I mean, it sort of suggests to me that this is maybe something as as significant as this, uh, or as extreme as this, maybe it's probably not permanent. Uh, yeah, reading between the lines of his comments. Okay, that, that, that's fair. Um, anything else you have for Ryan? We know, we know you're working, no. working on our no. no, no, that was awesome. Um, well, no, I, appreciate, I appreciate you having me on and your interest. And uh, yeah, uh, keep following me and my colleague Ryan Fonda at the LA Times and for all the latest uh, on this. And there's going to be a lot more because you know, people are wondering how actor deals are affected by this. Uh-huh. You know, um, as, like like we said, the theaters, some of the theaters are really not happy about it. So there'll be more news to come, I'm sure. Well, we'll be sure if there's more crazy news and and the Hollywood continues to happen, um, that we'll we'll get you on at some point. And then we we could just do an episode where we just where we just talk about just cooking. Just we're just well, gonna... yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And learning what not to do. I mean, I'm from Texas and Ryan is from Louisiana. Like, if you if you can't learn to cook from us, like, I, there's there's no hope. There's no. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, well, good luck for the game this weekend. I'm going to leave you, you to cogitate over, over all that. <laughs> Thank you, Anusha. You have a good one. Have a good one. That, folks, was... Um, a, a quick, quick glimpse of the big news in regards to what happened in Hollywood today. Um, Anusha is becoming one of our favorite guests. She just provides so much information about the world of entertainment. You know, anyone who listens to this podcast, I'm, you know, is tuned in in regards to entertainment in some form or fashion. So anytime she's just able to get on and just talk to us and, you know, we're just fucking two fucking guys just talking about football. So the fact that she's like, oh yeah, like I'll jump on, like we always appreciate that. Um, oh, yeah. And and much love to her as always. All right, man, let's get into it. Let's talk about this game. The Saints have an opportunity to go 10 and two oh. and could clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Bears loss against... Who else would it be besides the Atlanta fucking Falcons? Fucking Falcons. <laughs> Who, they, listen, they put her on the Raiders last week, bruh. They put her yeah, on man. them. They had, did, bruh. Had, had Derek Carr, John Gruden discombobulated. The defense played great. And, and, Listen, I know a lot of a lot of fans um, are gonna, you know, look at the results of how the Saints played against them the first time. Eight eight sacks. It was pretty. I mean, the defense played fantastic the entire game. Um, 
and then offense got going in the second half. But listen, the, now the Falcons, it's a different game. The Falcons probably had no idea that first game that they were going to be playing Taysom until that Friday, right? Yeah. So then they found out. So they played Taysom once. Then they have tape against Taysom against the Broncos. Yeah. It's going to, it's, and I know it may not seem like a big key. And I didn't realize this until after the Saints played them. Uh, Dante Fowler didn't play in the first game that they played because he was on the COVID list. Well, he's healthy. Um, and the play that still gives me nightmares to this day, Ryan, man, is him smoking fucking Ryan Ramchick in the NFC Championship game that led to Drew throwing that interception. Like mm. that, like I, 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 the Tommy, the Tommy Lee Lewis play haunts me. But God damn it, that yeah. play haunts me too, man. Yeah. I mean, because listen, we had the ball in overtime, so. Okay, okay, can't, can't do it, can't do it. Anyway. Let's <laughs> not go there, let's not go there. Can't, can't, can't do it, bro, can't do it. Let it go. <laughs> so, my, here's my concern. And here, here's my thing for the game as a Saints fan, why I'm concerned. I know, I feel like we, we don't, we don't try to be pessimistic on this pod, but we just try to be realistic. Big Fangio said Taysom as a quarter, and I know they said the game plan changed, but he's, they played zone, the Broncos played zone, and he told Taysom, figure it out. Figure out how to beat this zone. And Taysom yeah. couldn't do it. He, he could not do it. Yeah, It's just, I don't know. I don't know how to take it, man. Like, I can't make a educated assessment with what we know about what, you know, Sean Payton has said about the game plan, what Taysom has said. I mean, Taysom reiterated it again yesterday. Like, like I know it looked bad, like, but I just uh, had Sean Payton in my head, like, take care of the ball, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know because on the flip side, you have his first start against Atlanta, which is a much more, you know, critical game as far as, like, you know, it's his first start. And, you know, he got comfortable after the first half and was making reads and, you know, moving through progressions and all that stuff. So I just don't know how to take it, bro. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what we go. I really have no idea what we're going to see Sunday. Well, I, I don't either. We saw, two, I, we saw two sides of the page. Like, yeah, two complete him, sides. Of, yeah. We saw him take it. But I will say that, like, even in that first Atlanta game, like, First half was ugly. Like you know, what I'm Ooh, like, bro. Go back and look at your Twitter. Like go back and look at your pages. Like we was like, man, we're Jameis. At? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I remember our text messages between each other in the first yeah. half. In the first half, it was like, man, this ain't looking good. You know what I'm saying? Then you got, you know, the bad snaps versus uh, the Broncos. So you could, you could, at, at this point with the information we have, you could say it's been a mixed bag at least. It's been a mixed bag. He's played okay. Let's be honest. He's played one good half, and he's pl- he's, he's had two good quarters and six bad quarters. <laughs> like let's just be real, right? Like, right. Um, and I, I, what I would expect from the Falcons is I think Raheem Morris, who is who may be playing himself into becoming an actual head coach for the Falcons, which I know. Listen, Raheem always Raheem has gotten the best of Sean quite often when he oh, was yeah. the West Coast. Like, oh, a couple times. Yeah. The so Super, The Super Bowl season. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I expect the Falcons to play more zone. I think he's going to try to do similar things to what the Broncos did and make Taysom, you know, beat, you know, read a defense, find, find holes in the zone, and make smart throws. Now, here's here's where I go to, and this is why I think as Saints fans, we become so sometimes frustrated and annoyed with Sean Payton, is that he ran, like, there, you know, we talked about on the recap show, there was a drive with, with, with Latavius and AK that they ran 10 times in a row. Hey. 10 times! So... When a defense plays zone, like, like, 
common football wise is like you, you know, you can attack a zone with a run because defenders are already moving back to protect their zone. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if this is going to be a game where Sean kind of opens it up for Taysom again. It's going to be a very fascinating watch uh, to see. Um, and, you know, speaking of, the, you know, defensively, you know, just injuries, I, you know, we're, we're taping this Thursday night. Um, so we have a little better idea maybe of what injuries are going to be. Um, the news came out today that, you know, Marcus Davenport concussion didn't practice today which would be a huge loss for the Saints defensively. Like, you know, yeah. he, may not, he may not have the sacks numbers or what have you, but just his presence and his pressures and his hurries are just – Oh, yeah. Important. Huge. That's a huge um, loss. If he is lost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if you were a betting man, how much how much money would you put that, that Julio's going to play? Oh, he's playing. <laughs> Ain't no betting. I don't need to bet. He- he playing. He's out. He, he he was limited yesterday. He was out today. He probably will be limited tomorrow. You know, or something. It doesn't get, matter. Get the he get the question. Get the questionable tag. <laughs> yeah, like don't worry, but he's going to play now. Will he play four quarters? I ain't about to say all that now, but he's going to be a part of the game. Like, you know, he's going to be a part of the game. I wouldn't worry about that. So what? When we finished taping the recap show for the Broncos pod, one thing like afterwards, I, I was mad at myself that I didn't talk. We I, I felt like we didn't talk about enough is, and this kind of goes to what I'm about to say, is Latavius Murray like the most underrated player on the Saints, bro? That'd be, bro. That'd be, man. Like the dude just produces every time. Like I don't like every time he get the ball, he's doing something. It's not flat. It's not flashy. It's not. Dude, just run hard. Gets yards. Gets first downs. Like everything you want to, you want from a running back. That's you know it. And like even after that, epi- after that episode where he just had a fantastic game, I don't think I mentioned his by name like one time. You forgot. It's like whatever. Um. So, Marcus Davenport concussion. We don't know what his status is. Um. Janoris Jenkins, who had that awful looking injury against the Broncos, it came out this week and after the after the game on Sunday that the injury was minor, but he still hasn't practiced. He didn't practice yesterday, he didn't practice today. When expect him to, no, when expect him to play. Um, you know, and then you know, the Saints have kind of gotten have kind of gotten used to this. Uh that means, you know, P Rob back yeah. back out there. Um right. who 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 Again, besides maybe one or a couple of plays, you know, one play against the Chargers and maybe a couple of players here and there, he's played great right. this season. And he played against the Falcons, you know, last week. I mean, yes. Two ago, but so, you know. Yes. You know, it's not to freak out about him. I mean, you would, yes, you would rather Jack Rabbit back out there, but, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go crazy if, you know, Jack Rabbit is out, which is, you know, probably most likely. Lattimore be back. Um, uh, other than that, you know, you're pretty much. I mean, you're as healthy as any team in a, as any team could be possibly in this league, man. Like, yes, like you know, I mean, you're banged up, but man, teams out there like beat. You know what I'm saying? Like beat to the ground. So, I mean, you t- you t- they just got to go and handle business, bro. Like defensively, like we're talking about the offense, and it's important. But really, if the defense just keeps playing how they've been playing, man, like. They are such a incredibly hard team to beat if that level of defense can, continues. Like, it's, it's unreal, Ryan. Like, I, at this point, like, I don't have the superlatives to just what we're seeing from them. It's, I, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like all, as a Saints fan, all you can do, you all I we can do is just enjoy it, shed a tear, just you know, all those fucking seasons that Drew was throwing for five thousand yards and seventy nine, yeah. and like we're seeing what we wanted for him those years, oh. like in his last year. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like it finally, like they finally did it. You know, they finally put together a good, strong defense that's 
built well from the back to the front, you know? Insane. Like, and, and I know we, we talked about it before the season started and, you know, most most talented team on, on paper. Most talented on paper. <laughs> most, the defense is so, so Hashtag on paper. <laughs> and, and we didn't see it. And then we... It, we, we now like you know people say I, you know I see the vision, bro. We see it, mm-hmm. and every time they go out there, hair on fire, Juan, trigger tray. Um, that said, I definitely expect Atlanta to counteract what happened in Week One. If if yeah. if, if there there's no way there's no way that they're going to allow Matt Ryan. To take five step drops, eight sacks. It, eight, eight sacks doesn't happen. It can, it, it won't. So, it, it, it won't happen again. It, it won't. Like eight sacks is an extreme rarity in the NFL. It's, it's an outlier. So, it's an anomaly. Like it's, it's an anomaly. So it's not going to happen. And so I don't know what they're going to do because it's going to be the same offensive line. But you know they, they they're going to they're going to adjust accordingly. Whatever it's going to be. I'm gonna be getting that ball out quick, quick, quick game, running backs, check down. Like it's gonna be a game where the Saints are gonna need to tackle, limit yard after you know yak yardage, um, run after catch. Like that—that's how you counter out that. Like you already saw once. Like oh, our offensive line ain't got the dogs to block these to block this D line. Like we just ain't got it. Right, right. Um, and that's and where it, we at though, man. Like that's where we at. As far as the defense, it's not about is the defense good enough. It's like we know it's good enough, but it's just about execution. So we've seen the defense, you know, early in the year where they're not executing on all cylinders, where there are some miscues here and there in the secondary or on the defensive line or whatever, and we've seen them perform at a high level. So it's just a question of will the defense come in and execute, you know, just like they did the week before. Will they come in and just – execute at a high level again. If they do, they shouldn't have a problem beating this team. If they do, you know what I'm saying? If they don't, then you, you know, then it's Matt Ryan, you know, with, you know, thousand cut offense, mm. marching down the field, young, mm. young hole, young hole hitting his kicks, you know what I'm saying? And just keeping us, you know, keeping us and then Defensively, what they're doing to us offensively, you know, we'll see because we just don't know what we're going to see from the offense. We don't. I mean, Alvin Kamara, he's had his pretty much his worst two weeks in a row. Not bad weeks, but you know, he's not he's not been a part of the passing game as he's normally normally been with Taysom. I don't know if that's just like you know, it's just you know, just happens, or if that's just something they're going to plan on. uh, Because I know in the first game against Atlanta. Atlanta like made it a 100% purpose to take AK out the game plan. And last week, you know, Denver like just tried to throw that game out because it was just weird. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I don't know, but I know I would like to see AK in the past game more involved, you know, whether that's screens, whether it's, you know, pass to the flats over the middle or whatever. They got to get him involved because that's your dog. You know what I'm saying? But on the flip side, it's been good to see Michael Thomas last week get involved because, man, it's like, like, bro, like, if you would have told me Mike Thomas, like, his total yardage right now, if you would have told me beginning of the season, that's what he'd have at week 12. Nick, we would like, we like, who we, what quarterback we picking top three? (laughs) For real, dog. It's like, oh, man. The fact that they like nine and two right now is just, it's amazing. Not, not into number one seed in the NFC, Ryan. Like that, it's it's up. Like I know he, I know he's not gonna win it. I know he's not. But this, what Sean Payton's doing right now, is, is some of his is maybe his best. You know, it's no I, question. It's no it, question. It's his best work. It's in, like I, I just don't, I don't have the the adjectives to just describe. You know, he just it's 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 special to see right now. Um, and he, you know. This is the second game in a row that Sean has told uh, during the pregame, during the pregame meetings to the whoever's calling the game. Well, you know, his message to the team is let's like let's not be a common team. So you yeah. know, a, a common team, you know, is going to drop a game to the Falcons. Yeah. You know, because 
you know, that's the trap game. That's the game. Like that's what that's what the Raiders did. They, they, exactly. Exactly. They were they they are a common team. They dropped the game to the Falcons, a team that they were supposed to beat. So Sean Payton's just hitting this note over and over again. Let's be fucking uncommon. And players buying in, bro. Like you listen to, you know, you go listen to Demario Davis on that uh, Huddle and Flow podcast. You listen to players talk on the interviews, man. They are, they are like check in to the. They players. zoned in, bro. Like you can, yeah. They are zoned in. Like the defensively, they like it. Like they like the fact that they ball it. They like the fact, you know, they just love it. You know what I'm saying? They enjoying the game. And when you get to that point. Well, it's not it's not working no more. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's fun. a job no more. It's yeah, fun. It's yeah, fun. fun. Are you watch man? You watch the Mario and Quan, man. They have fun out there, bro. Bruh. <laughs> like BFS. <laughs> like it's like they met, and I feel like it's like the stepbrother scenes. But did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> like that. Um, and you saw, you know. Shout out to the to the homie Lloyd Cushenberry of LSU, but in that snap, um, you know, you know, in the Broncos game that was low that you know almost got returned. That I don't think it's like that snap happens when you are as a center because I played that position. Like when you are scared, you don't know where the pressure's coming from. Like when a D when the opposing defense is humming. Man, that that makes things speed up. You're like, oh shit, yeah. let me get rid of the fucking ball. Like shit, they yeah. they come. Um, and that's the kind of pressure that they're currently putting on opposing offenses. Like they are, like just stifling them. Um, yeah. they dictate, man. Which is, um, but you know, it's like you said, if they if they show up, you know, the the game it, it's going to be a very hard game for the Falcons to win. Um. I don't even know if, like, honestly, I saw that talk early. Didn't practice today. I know he didn't play last game. Like the Falcons offense does better when 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 twenty one doesn't play. Like that hurts me to say. Yeah, it does, man. It's it's sad to see, bro. That hurts hurts me to say. Um, let's talk about a little a little bit more offensively. Um, I think it's going to be interesting game to see what type of we talked about it a little bit to see what Sean Payton you know what type of offense he he's running on on Sunday is it going to be you know I don't think obviously I don't think it's going to be one of those super conservative offense game plans that he ran to get the Broncos but is it going to be kind of like you know I, I think that's going to be fascinating um and something else like Adam Troutman out snapped Garrett Cook last week. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, that's on Cook, man. Like, it's just on him because he just hadn't been playing well. Like, he has been the one mistake-prone player on the team, man. It's it's unfortunate. It's like what it's he he's fumbling. He's he'll make a play, but it's he's called for fucking offensive pass and interference. It's if it's not one thing, it's another. Yeah, I don't know where that goes. I mean, Adam Troutman, you know, he the one catch guard right now. You know what I'm saying? He he makes that one particular route catch. Peace. You know, God bless y'all. Good night. That's it. Breath. Hit him with that Russ Simmons. Hit him with that Russ. It's over. It's over. So I want to see him catch two. Like, catch two passes, bro. Catch two, three. Give me three passes. Give me three nice routes or something, man. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, they just got to get it going, man. Like I, I want to see the, I want to see the passing game flow a little bit, because it's just been so, you know. I mean, look, they're playing with a backup quarterback. They're playing with a guy that hadn't started games before. So no, it's not going to be crisp. But I just want to see it crisper. You know what I'm saying? Like we saw under Teddy Bridgewater last year, it didn't start off great at all. I know, like hindsight 2020. You know what I'm saying? I know, like just People look at it now, especially national media, like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. and He was great. No, he was not great. He wasn't great. Like, for, like, two or three games, it was a stressful mess. And we yes, felt bro. lucky to win. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it wasn't great. And so I try to just think, you know, put that in my mind when I'm looking at Taysom. 
like just let this guy grow into the system. It's an extremely complicated offense. Like what Drew Brees does, you just got almost got to throw away what Drew Brees does on a week-to-week basis away because he has an entire playbook that's not written down with his wide receivers. Like they have a playbook outside of the playbook that's simply changing based on what they're seeing on defense that they do on a game-to-game basis. So, you know, we, we're used to seeing that and we just take it for granted. But that's extreme. That takes years to build, you know, what they built. You know what I'm saying? So when some new by, somebody new comes in, it's just not going to look like Drew Brees' normal offense because it's not Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? It's just not. So it's going to look different. And so I just want to see what whatever Taysom Hill offense is going to look like, I want to see that and I wanted to see it just a little crisper whether that's passing, whether it's him running the ball or, you know, getting everybody else involved. I just want to see just a little more flow to it and a little consistency. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you that our, our boy, Andres Pete, probably going to be back in the lineup at left guard? Man, fuck out of here, man. You know what? <laughs> I'm happy to see him back, bro. I'm happy to see him back, man. We're going to get Big Pete on the move. You know, he's going to be pulling, come around that edge. You know, he's going to do something. I'm, I'm ready I'm ready for Pete to come back, man. I mean, shit. That's my dude. Um, same, you know, same same thing. We, 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 they already played the Falcons. We already previewed the show, you know, prior when they played the Falcons. Um, like, if you, if you limit Jared Grady, like, you, you, you should be good, like in, in theory. Like you should be good. Like they did. I think they get it. Besides, like a couple of players, like they did. A, they did a pretty great job in the first game of limiting Grady Jarrett yeah. of the Falcons. Um, yeah. Deion Jones, who looked slow in the first game that the Saints played against him, he had like a monster game last week against the Raiders. Had a pick six. Um, yeah, you got you got to watch four or five, man. You got to you got to watch four or five. Um, he, he, I don't know what it is about LSU players that don't get drafted by the Saints. They, they get drafted by other teams and like they like carry a vendetta, like, like the, like the home state team didn't draft him. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but like he, right. he plays with the, like a vendetta. Like, uh, like I, like he has like the Bryce, like fucking five kill list every time he fucking plays the Saints. Like who am I going to concuss today? I'm just fucking <laughs> cross cross my these boys out. Um, uh, kind of something to watch for. Uh, Deontay Harris, he's still he had a stinger. He's still out, which is, um, which is very interesting because Harris is out and also Callaway's out. Callaway's out exactly. So and then the 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 third person I'm like would maybe fill in is Ty Montgomery. He out. He out. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're just gonna put Austin Carr at every punt return and just be like just fucking no, off, fair just, catch. Just just fair catch it. You know, but that you know, that's weapons loss. You know what I'm saying? Like it is. It is. That's been that's been a weapon of the team, you know, so far. So you know, that's gonna hurt, you know what I'm saying? And you know, like I tweeted earlier that Las Vegas has us at uh, you know, two and a half to three points. I'm just wondering, you know, I'm wondering why 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 do they think, you know, after Basically, just handing, handling the Falcons, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Why did they only think we 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 good for at least three points? You know mm. what I'm saying? It's like mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I just, it was Vegas. They they just might be wrong. They might be right. But you know, they smelling something in that water. And I think it is that you know, like they usually don't sweep the Falcons. They just usually don't. That's that, historically they don't. You're right. So I mean, we just got to. Um, uh, like just take care of business, man. Like take care of this. You go, you know, you go and you know, take care of this. You should handle up on the Eagles. Okay, you lose to the Chiefs. Like nobody gonna, you know, whoop your ass for losing to the Chiefs. It's gonna be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? We just wasn't a better team that day. But man, take care of Atlanta, man. Like you're a better, you're a far better team than the Atlanta Falcons. So you just gotta handle business. Like just just play your game and you should beat them. 
Let me just let me let me set this up for you. Saints beat Atlanta. They go to Philly. Beat the Eagles. Put them at eleven and two. Chiefs. Let's say they don't lose a game between now and then. Put them at twelve and one. Could you imagine that, right? That's and that more than likely would be Drew Drew's game that he comes back in. Because I don't think he's gonna be back against the Eagles. Oh. <laughs> oh there are man. there are not many regular season games that give me like that that feeling. But there's been like within this last three years, there's been a couple. Uh the 2018 season when they played the Rams, um, and that bar burner with the Michael Thomas catch and the, the cell phone. The Steelers game, I believe it was that same guy, that same damn season. Yeah. Um the Tampa Bay game, the second Tampa Bay game this season. Like there are just certain games where like it just like as a fan, you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> Man. Hey, but, yeah, but the thing is, like, if you know, the hope is this team can get to that big dance. And if they get to the big dance, that's likely the team they'll be facing, bro. You know, them or the Steelers. I pick uh, this whole, you know, if you listen to our offseason podcast, I pick the Steelers that the Saints face in the uh in the in the in the Super Bowl. But you know, I, I mean I, I mean I know they're undefeated. They deserve look, they deserve the love, bro. They're undefeated. They're undefeated, man. They, they are. I, I just they, they don't it's what they, they remind me of the Packers of last year. Right. Exactly. The right. Packers were 13 and 3. The Packers went to the NFC Championship game at no point of last year during the season that I think like they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Like at no point. Right. Not at right. one point. Um, and I mean now with the Steelers, they you know, no Devin Bush, no no Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, um, hurt. Bud Dupree is hurt, uh torn ACL. They they didn't like I get it like any given any given Sunday, but like they were struggling to the cow with to, with the Cowboys with like a third string quarterback. Like I, I, I just got questions. <laughs> just yeah, questions. Got questions. But even though the Chiefs' defense at, at the most is average, man, I I've said this since he was drafted. I do not bet against number fifteen. I just don't. I don't At know. all, man. I've seen it too much. <laughs> I, I've seen it too much, man. Bro, when he what he did against was it the Raiders? Like in a in a minute and twenty? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. I mean Tampa it. Bay. Against Tampa Bay, man, he's like seventy-five yards. I, I can't, bro. I can't. But if that's so, I, I'll say this, and I know people have been asked. I don't know if we could ever do like a a live podcast of us watching the game just because like I think the streams or whatever that we use like the, the timing is always off and it would, it would look very jinky but if the Saints and the Chiefs meet in two weeks and if their records or if they beat these next two games um, Atlanta um, Philly like Ryan and I will f- figure out a way to at least probably ho- hopefully do like a video fucking podcast like yeah yeah that that's those those don't happen. Like games like that don't happen. I mean, even if they don't, you know, even the Saints go one and like one and one or whatever. Like that's that's a huge game. <laughs> that's a yeah, huge, bro. that's a huge game, bro. Um, yeah. and it, and it's football porn, right? Like I want to like to me like that's the test. Like we know our defense is good. We know our defense is good. They've proven it. Are they you, that good? Can you can you go stop them boys though? Can you stop them? <laughs> I mean, you got child abuser. Oh, you know what, I, I, him, what you do? What you do with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think. All right. So I know. We're, I know. I'm, I'm just getting excited. Even thinking. So this is what I think you do, right? I think you, if Jack Rabbit's healthy, you put Jack Rabbit on him. You have constant safety coverage. You, you you're always doubling him, and then so that leaves Marshawn against their. Wide receiver two, so that's either Demarcus Robinson or Demarcus Robinson or 
um, McCall uh, Hardman. And then with 87, you got to mix it up, combination of, with me, I would just say you you go with you go with two two, and maybe you throw in Quan here and Quan here and like there. You, you, you got to get physical with him. Oh yeah, you got you got yeah. And then here's the thing, and I, and I and I tweeted about this: the Chiefs' offensive line isn't great, especially this season because with some of the, the opt outs that they had. Right. My fear for that game, and I and I tweeted this to Nick is like, Randy Reed's not going to let. 15 just drop back, you know, seven steps in the in the pocket and just get and have his offensive line just completely get destroyed. I think our defensive line can eat against the Chiefs. Absolutely. My, my concern would be Andy Reid is such a good coach that he's not going to allow that to happen. So it's going to be a very, you know, passes to, you know, yeah. a layer, passes to yeah. quick, quick, quick. And it and I said that my fear is that when the Saints play the Chiefs, we're going to be super frustrated as fans because the game plan is going to be very similar to how when the Raiders played against us. Because we were just like, fuck, like we're almost the car, but like the ball was gone. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's hard It's hard to play defense that way. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I definitely think they would change it up where the Saints defense would be playing like stop the big ball, you know, just don't give up the big pass. And the Chiefs are going to know that's how we play it. Yes. And it's going to be quick pad, quick pad. It just marks down the field. I will say that the only loss that the Chiefs had this season, this season to the Ra- to the Raiders in the second half, that's what Paul Gunther did, and they couldn't adjust. And I don't know if that was just like it was just in the game and they just couldn't figure it out in the game. But when the Raiders played the Chiefs and they gave them that first loss in that second half, that's essentially what they did. Like they took away the big play and said – We'll we'll take the deacon dunk. We'll we'll take the we'll take yeah. that, and that's how they won. I think I think that's the flip, how I, the flip the flip side is your offense has to score. Has to. Like, you can't has do that. To. You can't play that game and your offense not scoring can't points. Can't do it. Can't do it. Like if the Chiefs' offense at times go into ruts where they go three yeah. and out two or three times a game. If right. your offense is not scoring touchdowns. In those two or three drives where they go three and out, it's, it's, you're done. You're done. All right, bro. But this, this is supposed to be a damn Sorry. Falcons <laughs> preview, bro. No, broke, broke down that. I, just, just to skip the Eagles, like fuck them. Like, Worry about Carson Wentz, nigga. Get the fuck out of here. Shit. Um, but yeah, it's good. You know, I know. As Saints fans, I know everyone's expecting to go in Sunday, expecting to get the dub. It's going to be an easy game. I, I don't think it's going to be a – I don't. the Falcons aren't going to roll over. It's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be an earned victory. Um, if the defense shows up, like you said, Ryan, I think it's going to be a very easier victory. And it just depends on which which number seven shows up, man. Like, it's such a huge thing. I, I'm so interested to see. I don't know. We're going to see. Such a huge thing. All right, we we've had a extra long podcast. We you know we talked about Hollywood. We talked about freaking Falcons game. Fuck, we even talked about the Chiefs game a little bit. Um, everything that you guys can handle in this episode. Um, the I believe the payment probably soon should be going out, so we yep. should be getting. Um, hopefully, I know Nola Hat Plug is going to start working on a mask, so we should be getting them hopefully relatively pretty soon. As soon as they, we get them, um, they're going to start going out. Obviously the holidays are coming up and stuff like that. So bear with us, but hopefully we will start getting the, the mask out for everyone this month. Yep. It's going out. Uh, and uh, yeah, follow us on uh, IG at Saints Twitter podcast. Just, uh, just Saints Twitter pod. Saints Twitter pod. Okay. Yeah. I'll say it for Twitter, Saints Twitter pod. Uh, Patreon, just look up hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. Uh, you know, just contribute what you can. Uh, we appreciate it, and you know, some goodies coming to you. So yeah, you know, check us out. I mean, we we out you, man. We we try and we keep doing what we gotta do. Um, but with that, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Hopefully, by the time we record this Sunday night, the Saints will be. 10 and 2, depending on the Bears lose, they could maybe already have a playoff berth clinch, which is fucking crazy. 
Uh, but regardless of what happens on Sunday, we'll be back. We'll recap it. With that, we're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.